everyone. Welcome back to Crime Colts and Coffee. I'm Bryn. And I'm Kelsey. And today we, well, besides this being like a super special episode, the coffee we have right now is also super special because not only was it sent to us by this coffee shop, um, the girl who we're going to be talking about in this episode named Bianca, her mom actually referred this place to us because this was Bianca's favorite coffee shop. Yeah, and we actually reached out to this coffee place called Utica Coffee Roasting Company because we knew it was her favorite. And how cool is it of them to send us not only a little bit of a sample like we had asked for, but they sent us an entire bag. Right. And we were so excited to try this because Bianca loved it so much. Yeah, we just thought that was like a really special way to tie in her episode and you know, kind of just give her what she deserved. Right. So this coffee is called Wake the Hell Up, and Utica, as you mentioned, sent it to us. Utica Coffee Roasting Company. They're located in Utica, New York, and this is an ultra-caffeinated coffee. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not flavored at all, but I, I mean, I just took a sip and the flavor is like very bold, I guess, because it's ultra caffeinated, but it's very bold. And even though it's just a regular flavored coffee, I thought it was delicious. It smells really good. I haven't tried it yet. Mmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you can definitely tell that it's very strong. Yeah. Just I my, like that. my kind of coffee. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I, they market, it seems like they market this coffee brand a lot at their place just from, we were looking at some pictures and it just seems like it's like one of their most popular coffees that they sell. Mm-hmm. So we were looking through their website and we found this really cool quote that they had on their About Us page. I'm just going to read it for you. It says, the mission was to revitalize and give back to our community through responsible business development. Our business was founded in an economically depressed area of our inner city because we saw potential and saw a lack of opportunity for young people to obtain meaningful jobs. If nobody else was going to do it, we were. And that's so beautiful. I love that. Yeah. That's just so sweet. That alone would make me want to go there. I know. (laughs) But now I've tried their coffee and I still really want to go there. The coffee shop itself, too, we looked up pictures online and it's very, like... Cozy. Yeah, cozy, but, like urban chic kind of and the yeah. building is exposed brick and they have like their merchandise everywhere yeah. which looks really cool <laughs> and there's like graffiti on the side of the building and then yeah. they have the wake the hell up sign hanging in the middle and i love it yeah so if you're ever in the area of utica stop into utica coffee roasting company Definitely. even the outside the outside's like lime green it's so pretty yeah i love it the thing i also really liked about this coffee is even though it's bold it doesn't have like a bitter aftertaste like it's like it's strong but it's not over the top where you're like where you can't really drink the whole cup no it's delicious yeah this is this is one of the good ones i really like this one me too i can't wait to try more flavors of theirs yeah by the way they have a bunch of different flavors they have it in ground bags k-cups um pretty much anything that you need yeah and after listening to this episode you will all see what great taste Bianca had. So yeah. I'm sure if this was her favorite coffee. It was for a it reason. It was for a good reason, yeah. yeah. And their labeling is also really cool. Yeah, we really like their logo. Yeah. 
We'll tag them, uh, as we always do, in our weekly Instagram posts for our episode. Right. But, yeah, we're really thankful for them for sending this. Um, they didn't have to do that, but they really saw how special it would be to add that into our episode for Bianca. So Definitely. it's really great that they did that. And thank you, Kim, for letting us know. Yeah. <laughs> You're awesome. Kim is Bianca's mom. You'll hear about her and her yeah. story. Yeah. So let's get started. Yep. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. All right. So today's case is about a girl named Bianca Devins. Um, okay. I'm going to stop you for a sec yeah. before we get into it. Go ahead. We have to watch our ums and legs. I know. We feel so bad and we're like, I was thinking last night, I hope people listen long enough to see the day. And see me conquer my fucking ums and likes. Just know that we're really working on it, and we also want to have, like, we also want to have a casual conversation with you without it sounding too scripted. Yeah. And it's just really hard to do that without, because my vocabulary has ums and likes in it. Right. But we're trying really hard, because I know how annoying that can be to listen to that. Yeah. Well, also, like... When we're talking, if we have to think about something, in a normal conversation, you have time to think. And you have fillers, if we're, yeah. it, Those are filler words. So if we're sitting here thinking about what to say next, it's just going to be dead silence. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, maybe from now on you're just going to hear dead silence, If we're, but we're really trying to be conscious of it. We are. Timo actually said that we should buy mugs that say... Watch your like, arms and legs. Yeah, watch your arms and legs. So we have them right in front of us as we're... Doing it. You know what? We should do We that. should get mugs eventually made. Watch your arms and legs. <laughs> and then, once we fucking... Figure that figure out. Figure this shit out, we will get one that said, I conquered my arms <laughs> and legs. <laughs> my brother literally texted me and said, it was really good, but if I have to hear a leg one more time, I <laughs> might hurt myself. <laughs> I was like, I know, I know. Yeah, I mean, and we have gotten feedback, and we really appreciate it. We're not offended in any way whatsoever. No. Like, the constructive criticism is amazing. Just don't be too mean to us. Yeah, please don't hurt my soul, because <laughs> it will haunt me for a while yeah. if you hate me. <laughs> I have to have everybody like me. That's just how I am. Yeah. And I get freaked out if people don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to. We need to sit down and talk about this. I know. It's a problem. <laughs> um, I know you know what I'm talking about. Sure, There's some people out there. <laughs> All right. So let's delve into this case now. There, In all seriousness. Yeah. Uh, this case today, we're going to be a little more, I guess, we'll conscious just, about it. Well, we'll just, we'll kind of get into it as we go along because we're going to explain what we're leaving out and why. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's begin. So, like I said, this is the case about Bianca Devins. And I can just start off with a little short background of her. She was born October 2nd, 2001. Um, Libras unite. Thank you for that, Bianca. I'm also a Libra. She grew up in Utica, New York, and she had recently graduated from high school and was planning to attend Mohawk Valley Community College in Utica in the fall of 2019. Um, Bianca struggled with her own mental health issues, which we've said in the past, we're mental health advocates. Yeah. Um, A lot of people struggle with it. It's nothing to be ashamed of. No. Not taboo at all. We're trying to get past that 
era where mental health was taboo and to the point where people can talk about it openly. Um, but yeah, she struggled with mental health issues, uh, borderline personality disorder and depression. So she planned to go to college to help adolescents with mental illness. That's what she planned on studying. Which is so amazing. Yeah. Like that is so amazing. Like you struggle with something and you want to help other people that struggle. Mm -hmm. That's just awesome. Yeah. So she was going to major in psychology Mm -hmm. and I mean, she just, I feel like really knew where she wanted to go in life with that, you know? Yeah. She had it. She was ready to go. Mm-hmm. She graduated co- her high school and she was ready to go to college. So we're going to get into the background of the other person that is involved in this case. And we kind of just wanted to preface it with, we're going to say his name once and, and that's it. And that's it. So for, we're going to, you'll hear his name once. And for rest, the rest of this case, we're calling him he or him. So if you hear he or him, just know we're referring to him because as we've said in the past on our podcast, we'd like to bring more attention to the victims and their families than the perpetrators. And we feel like a lot of the time, like things are sensationalized in the media media, and people learned the names of these awful people as opposed to the people were who really should be recognized. Right, and those are the people that are remembered. Right, and especially in a case such as this one where someone is doing something for the fame or for the glory, we really don't want to give him that. No, he doesn't deserve that. He doesn't deserve to be talked about like he wanted to. So we'll say his name once and that's it. Yep. She deserves the fame and not even the fame. She doesn't deserve any of she this. She deserves the recognition. She deserves the recognition. Yeah, for, for what a beautiful what person happened. she was. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Bianca was also, she was on a bunch of social media platforms. Mm-hmm. So, she used, she posted on a message board called, called 4chan once in a while, which was like a gamer site. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had a Tumblr, and she had an Instagram. And on her Instagram, she mostly posted about, like, anime, video games, fashion. She was very... You could tell from her Instagram, she was, like, a very creative person. Like an artsy, creative yeah. person. Yeah. Uh, she was also described as a talented artist, and her favorite color was pink. Oh, Yeah. That's awesome. So, do we want to head into May 2019? Well, I'm just going to give a quick little background of him okay um so listen closely this is the one time we'll be saying his name his name was brandon clark um and just to give a little background and this is the short blurb that we will be giving any information on him about other than related to this case um his childhood was pretty unstable and his father was incarcerated for holding his mother at knife point for hours and at the point at this time um Brandon, was only 10 years old. He was known as a likable, charming, good kid, his mother said, and his actions in this case came out of nowhere, also quoted by his mother. So we just wanted to only say that about his background just because it relates directly to the case. Yeah. No other reason, otherwise we would have completely left that out. Yeah. 
All right, so May 2019, uh, he was from Cicero, New York, and Bianca and him met on, I heard Instagram. And I heard Discord. So some type of social media. Gaming app. Yeah. Something like that. And there, there were some inconsistencies with articles we read. So bear with us because we tried to figure out what was accurate and what wasn't and we're mentioning both just because they're not sure yeah we're not 100 percent sure Mm -hmm. so they formed a relationship they talked and spent time together they were introduced to each other's families Mm -hmm. uh so we also want to mention that he would search her name and check her social media platforms frequently he saved photos of her he also got a tattoo of a playground swing, which was one of Bianca's favorite things, on his leg a week after they met and showed it off at her high school graduation party. Yeah. And just to give you an idea, I don't know if we already said it, at this point in time, Bianca was 17 years old and he was 21. Yeah. So, Kim Devins, which is Bianca's lovely mother... Yeah said Brandon was polite and well-spoken, he was goofy, and her 15-year-old, Bianca's 15-year-old sister would sometimes even go with them when they hung out. So obviously, like, they thought he was a trustworthy guy. Yeah. She also, um, Bianca's mother, Kim, also mentioned that he was really good at hiding who he was as a person, clearly, by what we'll talk about later. Yeah, which is very, very scary. Yeah. So, what are you at July 13th. Same. All right. So, Saturday, July 13th, 2019, it's 7 p.m. Bianca and this man drove to Queens in New York City from Utica to see Canadian singer Nicole, hopefully we're saying this right, Mm -hmm. Nicole Dollenganger in concert. And this was actually a three-hour, 45-minute drive from Utica. Yeah. There, they were going to meet up with another man at the show named Alex. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, Brand or, um, I'm sorry, this monster was fully aware that they were meeting up with Alex, and he knew of this prior to going Right, this was a to, planned thing. Right, prior to going to the concert. Yeah. So, at the concert, Alex and Bianca kissed, and he got really, really mad about it. Yeah. Bianca and the monster then drove back to Utica around 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, 10 p.m. So the concert ended, and they drove back to Utica around 10 p.m. Yeah. Alex not included in this. This no. is Bianca and him. Right. Alex they just met up with at the concert, and then they parted ways. They didn't drive there with him. They didn't drive home with him. Yeah. And on the way back from the concert, um, he, being the he we're talking about, Uh, And Bianca argued about how she had kissed Alex at the concert. And Bianca made it really clear to him um, that they were only friends and she was not dating him. And this was not the first time that she's made it clear to him that they were only friends. Right. I feel like she was very straightforward about their relationship. Like, this wasn't like... She was leading him on. No, not in any way. Like, I'm going to even read a quote from an article that her mom had said about things Bianca had said to her. And, like, it seems very clear that they were just friends. hmm So, do you have anything else to add before July 14th? 
Alright, so Sunday, July 14th, 2019. This is the early morning. They arrived back in Utica and he had parked on a dead-end road on Post Street. Mm-hmm. Bianca was sleeping in the back seat of his car and he wakes her up to have a discussion about the incident, which was he saw Bianca kissing this other man. Right, and prior to waking her up, he had set up um, some video equipment to film what was happening right while she was asleep yeah and just to like make this clear beforehand we are not getting into too much detail about certain things because we feel that it's just giving more attention to things that shouldn't be brought if you want to sensationalize a person like this then you can go ahead and look him up on your own but we're not going to be any part of that no this is about her yeah and her story yeah So, um, oh, I just did it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, um. Oh, God. Okay. That was, that was my one time. (laughs) Get it out. All right. So he like woke her up, had this discussion. Yeah. Bianca apologizes, but reminds him that they are not monogamous and basically makes it clear they're not together. And that was actually a quote from Lieutenant Coromato. He, she basically makes it clear they're not together. Yeah. Okay. So, her mom confirmed with Rolling Stone that she had multiple conver- conversations with Bianca about her relationship with him. And this is a quote. She knew he wanted more, but Bianca just thought he was okay with being friends, and he never seemed to make a big deal about it. Yeah. He al- she also said that he was very good at masking who he really was. Yeah. Clearly, this was the case, because... Like, you're going on and on acting like this is completely fine, and now you're getting angry about it. Right. When and it's been made clear to you that this was the situation. Like, it's a, like he's a sociopath. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. So, do you yeah. want to continue? Yeah. So, he woke her up, um, they had this conversation, and she, you know, reminded him this is not a monogamous relationship. And this just made him more angry, and he responded by saying that her answer was not good enough, so he struck her in the back of his car. She also, like, apologized to him. Yeah. Which, like, she had nothing to apologize for. Like, this shows, like, what a good person she was. Like, she was, like, sorry that he was feeling that way. Like, I'm tearing up thinking about it. I know. She was, like, sorry that he was feeling that way, but, like... This is just, like, how invested we get in these cases, and I feel like it's not, these aren't things that we take lightly. We want to tell her story, we want to tell the victim's story, and we get extremely invested in these types of things, and this isn't taken lightly at all. No. Um, so yeah, she, she got struck, she got struck, um, by him in the car, and she actually, Bianca threatened to get out and walk home. Um, and that's when he attacked her with a knife that he had been hiding. Yeah, he had gotten it from his trunk and was hiding it behind the seat, and then he killed her. Yeah. So, I have a quote from her mom about this. She said, caught her off guard, had no clue what was coming, had no time to fight or defend herself with no warning. Which is, like, absolutely awful. It's true, she was sleeping. And he, while she was sleeping, got a knife, set up a video camera, 
and attacked her. Like Nobody would be able to defend human, themselves. No, that's one fucking sick human being. Yeah. So, this was, as you mentioned, he set that up. So, this was all recorded on his cell phone from the dashboard of his car. And he also had taken photos after. Yeah. Um, he took pictures of Bianca after the fact and posted them on multiple social media accounts and also sent the pictures that he had taken to Bianca's family members. So fucking awful like that makes me sick to my stomach. Nobody should ever have to go through something like that ever. No. We're both like on the verge of I know. crying because this is just like, this is just so awful. Like the kind of human being you have to be to do something like that to someone, let alone then have like, make her, like, subject her family, like, they're already gonna have to deal with the fact that you did this. Let alone having to see pictures of what had happened. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. There was rumors that he had posted the video on Instagram accounts, but to anyone's knowledge that this was, these were just rumors. The the video was never posted. Right. So, around 6 a.m., he had shared pictures on discord which is the gamer app around um he also shared photos i'm sorry on instagram and snapchat instagram he posted pictures around 6 40 a.m and he also continued to post like quotes and sayings and other stuff that we're not going to get too much into just because we don't want to give him what he was obviously trying to do like, the att- he was just trying to gather attention from people. Yeah, it doesn't need to be repeated here. No. No. So, like, I mean, Instagram, after this, was slammed for their slow reaction because images were shared and copied because of how long they took to take that down, which is absolutely awful because, like, even thinking about it, like, when you report someone's stuff, they, like... If it's, like, a picture of a girl showing too much cleavage. Like, I've had friends who have had pictures taken down over just showing too much skin. Really? And someone reports them. Yeah, and, like, if that's taken down so quickly, like, they should have been more on top of that. And hopefully policies will, like, continue to improve, especially through what happened to Bianca. Like, that's... That's just not okay. And her family got the ball rolling on a few things regarding that, but we can talk about that later. Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're annoying, okay? So, I'm now at 7.20 a.m. Where are you at? I was just going to quickly throw in how this was thought to be premeditated by him. Okay. So... It was later discovered during an interview with the Oneida County Assistant District Attorney Sarah De- DeMiller, I hope I'm saying that right, that he had been researching online methods of how to kill somebody months before this murder had taken place. So it was premeditated. Yeah. And he actually searched for him and Bianca's screenshots and took pictures of their conversations. I'm not really too sure why, but um, he also said, the authorities also said that they had, it was shown to be a premeditated murder because prior to the concert, he had spray paint in his car 
And he also had a knife and the videotape equipment. Right. So he was planning right. on doing this. Yeah. And, like, I think the screenshots he took of their conversations and shit, I think that was, that's simply showing his obsession with her. Yeah. Like, abuse can come in more forms than, like, an abusive partner can come in more forms than just physical. Like, that is red flags to what leads up to, like, to things like this. You know what I mean? Like, to... Like, it's obsessed. Yeah, he's obsessed. Yeah. And he was probably, like, who knows, he could have been even, like, forming situations in his head between, like, we don't know how sick he is or how, like, you know, mm-hmm. he could have been forming situations in his head that never even happened between them. Yeah. You know? That's true. I mean, he was obviously mentally yeah. fucking ill. Yeah. He also researched prior to this incident how to broadcast and live stream a killing, which, like, that's just... And thank God he didn't do that. Yeah. Thank God he didn't do that. But it doesn't make up for anything that he did do. No, not at all. So by 7.20 a.m., Utica police received numerous calls. Friends obviously didn't know if what they were seeing was real. Mm -hmm. Members and users of these platforms took screenshots of messages, Snapchat, etc. And some calls even came in from other states about the posts. So they were, like, getting bombarded with, like... They were getting circulated very quickly. Yeah. Um, the suspect had also called 911 himself, and he made incriminating statements and said he was going to kill himself. Yeah. And then... Uh, where are we? Sorry. It's okay. Um, so after the fact of this taking place, he... Before he threatened suicide and called the police, he, um, he had her, he had taken pictures with her, and then he's, he had a song playing in the background that was called Test Drive, and it was by Joji, which is a Japanese singer and rapper, and the only reason we're mentioning this is because the song talked about a failing relationship uh, and looking for a long-term relationship with a girl that wasn't invested. Right. So, that just shows that not only was this premeditated, but that was his motive. Yeah. Sick. Like. Absolutely sick. He also made calls to tell relatives what he had done. He left his grandmother a voicemail. He tried to call his brother in Alaska. He called his aunt and a mentor father figure. And they all called 911. Which is amazing. That, that they, they called 911. Yeah. 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 Because not many people would like, throw their family to, like that yeah. under the bus. But they knew it was wrong. So. Right. So now I'm to sometime before 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. And police tracked the, the location to Post Street and found him lying on the ground next, next to a black SUV, which I'm assuming was the car he was in. Mm-hmm. The first officer approached and he began to stab himself in the neck. And then emergency medical care was called and Utica Fire Department arrived. He was arrested, taken to the hospital, and one day later he was charged with Bianca's murder. Right. So this is July 15th now. Um, 2019. 2019, right. He pled not guilty to second degree murder. Yes, I said not guilty. And at that point in time, Facebook deleted 
brand, um, his social media accounts and all of the images. And they actually added the images to a digital fingerprint database just so they had them on their file so mm -hmm. they couldn't be redistributed. God. He, his Instagram was also blacklisted. God. He was held in Oneida County Jail and around 8 p.m. Monday, July 15th, 2019, the Friends of Bianca organized a candlelight vigil to honor her, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Um, especially, like, like, they were, very, like, I feel like her family and her friends were very, like, pro proactive right away. Which they, like, not that they needed to be, but it was great that they were because things came out of it that were positive as far as the social media yeah. situation goes. Do you have anything to add before February? Um, I have something that I don't... I can add it in here right now. He, apparently, between the time of this and his um, actual sentencing, he had written letters to a crime blogger saying that he had blacked out and forgotten the details of what had happened. He fucking would. Yeah, but the video footage obviously shows no doubts that this was... He was lying about that. There's no way that you can claim that he blacked out after looking at the video and I believe that... And, like, not to mention the fact that there's so many things that show it was fucking premeditated. Yeah. So, I, I think that theory was just completely discounted right off the bat. Yeah. That's him trying to get, like, a men like mental illness. Right. That, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so, February 10th, 2020, which was not too long ago, right yeah. before quarantine started, he pled guilty. He changed his plea to guilty. Um, he could be sentenced to 25 years to life through this. His sentencing was scheduled for April 6th, but delayed until July 28th due to COVID. And then he had another hearing that was then set for September 30th, 2020, to decide if he can withdraw his guilty plea. Because when he went to the July 28th one, he said he wanted a new lawyer and to withdraw his guilty plea. Yeah, and let me just add in there that he changed his plea from not guilty to guilty just weeks before his trial was set to take place. And at that trial, both families, everybody in the court would have had to see the videos. I think that the video. this sorry, is one. possibly him just trying to stay in the public eye and vying for more attention. I think he does this all for selfish reasons. And it's honestly disgusting. I, I don't believe there's any remorse no. on his part no. as far as what happened. I think he is doing this all for fame and he knows that he still has a sick following of people that will listen to his story. And I think that's probably what he was trying to do. Right. But I hope we sh shortened this enough to make it respectful and more about Bianca than him. Yeah. Because she she deserves her story to be heard, and I just hope... We just wanted nothing more in this episode than to give her and her family justice as much as we could as a podcast, and to give him absolutely nothing, because he deserves nothing. Right. I wish, like, we didn't even have to mention him at all in this case, but... But then it wouldn't be something right. that we could talk about. Right. Yeah. But there are... 
some things that are now coming out of this that we would like to talk about. The positives. If you want to call it that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the pos not positives coming out of, like, it's not a positive situation at all, but, like, the way her family is to turning it into positive. Right. Because yes. they're doing things that I don't know that I, I'm not, I'm not in their shoes at all, but they're doing things that I don't know that I could do after losing my daughter or my sister. Right. Or, and it's only been a year, and a little gotten, over a year. They've gotten pretty far with the things that they've done. Yeah. And sorry if my, I feel like my voice <laughs> sounds so crackly and like, uh, uh, this episode because. I like I'm this like holding really back tough. yeah and I'm like holding back tears almost because it's just so so sad and it's like, not it's, to say that like some people's cases are more or less worse than other ones but it's just some cases hit you a different way and this case hit both of us I think right and it ha- yeah her case definitely touched us yeah so after this all happened Bianca's law was brought about. Um, Congressman Anthony Brindisi, or Brindisi, sorry, Anthony Brindisi worked on getting her bill signed. And basically, what it included, and uh, this is a direct quote from the press release article that we're going to be sharing on Facebook. I just didn't want you guys to think that this was my words. But basically, Bianca's law included that all social media platforms with more than 10 million in revenue and more than 100,000 monthly users to establish an office dedicated to identifying and removing violent content that violates the platform's content moderation standards. It also increases transparency by requiring social media companies to publicly report the phone number of their content moderator office, ensure that the chief content moderator reports directly to the CEO of the company, and establish staff trainings and routine audits. Yes. Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. They need to be doing training. Mm-hmm. Empower the FTC and share attorney generals. State attorney generals. Sorry, and state attorney generals to enforce these requirements and impose penalties on the companies if they do not comply. Mm-hmm. And lastly, to give social media companies an incentive to moderate their contact content by allowing for public-facing accountability. Good. Which, that's a big deal. Right. And so, in an article published September 21st, 2020, this congressman, Anthony Brindisi, joined by Bianca's family and friends, introduced Bianca's law. Right. And basically, this law, like, they're using to increase transparency and accountability for social media platforms platforms and to ensure that they take action when violent content and policies are violated which i'm sorry this should have been in this place. should have been in place from the moment that platform started yeah i agree um i actually will incru- include a full text um pdf of bianca's law if you wanted to read a little bit more into it that was kind of just the gist of what it was but we'll have the full-length PDF on our Facebook. Yes, and I have a quote from Brindisi. He said, What happened to Bianca and her family is unimaginable, and we cannot stand by and let another family go through the horror and harassment that Devin's family did. Bianca's law is about preventing that kind of heartache from ever happening again, which I think is amazing. I agree. And they're working on getting a sponsor for the bill in the Senate. 
So if anyone has any connections in the Senate <laughs> and hears this story, please, like... And feels the way that we please do. Please push this, push yeah. this. And, like, even if you want to write letters to your local congressman to push this law, I feel like the Anything. more people that take action and, like, write to their congressman or somehow involve themselves for this bill to be pushed, like, the better. Yeah. The this more is important. People, the better. Yeah, this is important. And then um, the family also launched a scholarship fund in Bianca's name to fulfill her dream of helping young people with mental illness, which is amazing. Right. This basically is a scholarship awarded to students pursuing psychology degrees. Yeah. And Bianca, it's called the Bianca Michelle Devins Scholarship Fund, and it's in the care of the Community Foundation of Herkimer and Oneida Counties. Donations can be made to the Bianca Michelle Devins Scholarship Fund, and I actually have the fund the link. link. Mm-hmm. It's www.foundationhoc.org slash Bianca, and we'll make sure to include that on our Facebook page and stuff. Yeah. They actually, and the first scholarship was given... On October 7th of 2020, so not Woo, too long ago. Two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. So they're, ago. they're hoping that, obviously, the, um, Bianca's family is hoping that this can help in some way, shape, or form to carry out Bianca's spirit yeah. and what she wanted to do and That's help amazing. advocate for her. That's amazing. Right. And I'm just going to say that fund link again where you can donate just because I feel like this is really important. Mm-hmm www.foundationhoc.org slash Bianca. And I want to point out there that this is the only family-approved fund in Bianca's name. So if you donate to any other thing, it might not actually be something Bianca's family-approved. So please donate only to this fund if you're going to donate. And they also hosted a... They called it the Bee Gala, Gala, sorry, the Bee Gala in Utica, and the proceeds went towards the scholarship. Yeah, uh, it was told by multiple people that that Bianca had a, she could, if she wanted to, had a career in modeling. She was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. She's absolutely beautiful. Right, so they set this Bee Gala up as kind of a fundraiser for her memory, and they did a fashion show. Which was amazing. Yeah. I believe her sister was in it, too. So it was really sweet. And her mom, Kim, urges people to continue to spread the message of love, not violence. Yeah. Which I want to cry every time I hear that. I know. That's just, like, people should be, like, thinking that. Sorry, let me get myself under control. (laughs) I don't know how I sound like crying and on a fucking podcast. (laughs) It's probably amplified in the microphone. (laughs) It's like my ugly crying when I like like Kim watch Jay's episodes of fucking Thirteen Reasons Why. Oh my god, we don't want to go there. Yeah, um, but worse. So okay, I'm under control. I think that's amazing that she's like just promoting that, like love, not violence. Like people should be doing that anyway. Yeah, you know, and like for and especially her mom, like coming out of something like that, yeah. and she can still have that like mantra. Yeah, she's an amazing woman. Yeah. So, I just wanted to talk about a couple things before we end this episode that I feel like relate 
to Bianca's case and are extremely important in modern society. Should be talked about. Yeah, it's actually, like, sickening how often we hear these things, yet there's no changes being made. Um, The first thing is male entitlement and toxic masculinity. So I know there may be listeners who are men and we respect you and we appreciate you. This is not and all I'm, men. Yeah, I'm not saying this is all men, but the fact that this is becoming more and more common where men think they're entitled to, to women. Owning or to women. Controlling women. Yeah. This needs to fucking change. Yeah. Like this is disgusting. It's disrespectful. It's like not only do you have the entire I'm sorry, not only do you not have the entitlement to take someone's life, you don't have, you should not feel you are entitled to even talking to someone a certain way. Like, the, I mean, this in no way is to the extreme of this case, but the fact that how many times have we been somewhere where a man stops us and tells us to smile more? Yeah. What makes you fucking think you have the right to tell me to smile more. You don't it, even fucking know me. Right. And it's happened, like, I it mean... It happens all the time. Remember that one guy in Urban Outfitters? Yeah. Me and Brent have resting bitch face, and if you know us, you know that, but that still doesn't give you any right to come up to me and say, you're pretty, you should smile more. Right. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, that is not your fucking job to tell me that. Yeah. I will smile if I feel like smiling. Yeah. Okay? And, I mean, even beyond that, like men who catcall or men who just think that they deserve like respect or anything right you earn fucking respect anyone on this earth whether you're male female um non-gender specific like you yeah you earn fucking respect you earn certain things you earn the way you talk to me. You earn my conversation. Yeah. Like, you earn the, to be in my, like, circle. That's not just given. And I feel like the, the entitlement that some people have is just beyond. And I think that sense of entitlement, honestly, has gotten, and I don't even want to be this person that says this, but has gotten worse with our generation. I feel like it never was as big of a thing it is as it, as com- it is now. It comes down to social media. Yeah, and, and that's it, part and, of it. And um, video games and shit like that. Like How they portray women. So, and, yeah. yeah. Um, so I have a statistic that I wrote down. More than half of female homicide victims are killed through intimate partner violence, according to the 2017 report from Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. That's disgusting. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. Like, that... There needs to be something put in place for this to fucking change. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like a lot of it comes from social va- validation and admiration, too. Like... Like in this case that we talked about today. Right. Wanting to be known for the fame and glory. Wanting to have your name out there somewhere. Wanting people to, like, 
remember you in some kind of way whether it's good or bad it doesn't matter to some people this is getting out of control to the point where how many followers do you have how many instagram likes you have right this was never a fucking thing and people are doing terrible things because of that and to like attain that and you're and you're not having normal human like normal human interaction Mm -hmm. when you're only caring about people behind this like half the people who are liking your shit you're never going to talk to and meet in real life so who the fuck cares yeah like who cares i think this this media world that we're living in right now is curating a lot of problems that we're gonna see pretty soon down the road and we all know like most of the time what's portrayed on people's instagrams and stuff that you're only seeing a snapshot of the best parts of people's lives that they want you to see. Right. You're not seeing actual, like, And content. even sometimes for me, though, like, I totally get that and I agree with it 100% of the time. But you look at things and you're like, wow, is there life like this? But you know it's not. Yeah. You know it can't be. But some people are so good at portraying that on social media that it's like, that's their life. Right. Which is like, how is that... How is that, like, feeding actual relationships with people? Like, you're caring more about likes and follows and your head isn't buried in your phone all the time. How are you having actual conversations and shit with people? And, like, the ability to look at, at, like, this case, look at anybody's information at any point in time on the internet. Just, like, I feel like it adds to... Like, the whole stalking nature. The admiration. Yeah, Yeah. the obsession. The obsession, yeah. Um, I think, well, I used to be a school teacher. Mm -hmm. And when I was in school, and I threw this, I pitched this a few times to just people I was having conversation with in school, to other teachers, because we would sit and, like, brainstorm certain things, because we saw a lot, even starting at a young age, you see entitlement. You see children, and this obviously evolves into adulthood, Mm -hmm. you see children not being able to handle the word no. Right. Because nobody's ever told them no. Right. And you see kids, everything is instant gratification, instant gratification. And if you don't get what you want, when you want it, a shit fit is thrown. And clearly, in adulthood, that can evolve into more extreme More than a tantrum. Yeah. Yeah. From hearing the word no. Yeah. And... It's like they have no way to deal with, like, anything in life. Yeah. Because they've been giving everything, like, handed to them. Right. And... Or they're just put in front of a, a video game or a phone and are like, and they here, just, here, like, here's, here's how you solve your problem. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, when I was teaching, I had said, and I still say this to people, sorry, I'm about to burp. <laughs> unfiltered (laughs) i still say this to people i feel like schools should and i don't understand why people aren't on this fucking like on the ball with this yet i feel like schools should have classes and i mean this also goes home to in the household with parenting you should be teaching your kids that from the start Male, men and women are treated as equals. Mm -hmm. You're treated as equals. Because if you're seeing someone as equal, there shouldn't be a sense of entitlement that, oh, I I can say this to you because I'm male and you're female. Right. Male, female. Yeah. Transgender. Yeah. Anything like that. If everyone is seen or raised 
to be equal, you shouldn't be seeing that you're above or below anyone, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like there should be classes on equality, and this comes with gender, race, class, anything, mm-hmm. okay? Life skills, how to fucking cope with situations. How to cope with learning, how to say, like, how to take no for an answer. Coping mechanisms. Just anything. Yeah, co- fucking coping mechanisms. How to how to respond when you hear no. How to um, say how you're feeling when you're hurt instead of bottling it up inside. And how to use your words and communicate. Right, <laughs> fucking life skills. And, like, even just, like... I mean, schools nowadays don't even really teach, like, when you're older doing taxes and shit. Like, well, yeah. That would, like, as you get older, that can be included in life skills. Like, right. shit you need to know to function as a fucking human being. Right. And involved in that could also be how to ask for help when you need help as far as mental health right. goes. Because it's not a thing to be taboo anymore. Yeah. It's not. There's so many people advocating for it. And I just think that it should be pushed more in schools yeah. because people don't talk about it. I had that written down, actually. Mental yeah. health courses. Yeah. Why aren't schools giving mental health courses? How, how, how if you're in third grade and you're feeling this some type of way, like you're th- in third grade and you're depressed, and you how, are you expo- how are you expected to emote, like, how you're feeling? How, like, how deep deeply depressed because a third grader wouldn't even know the word depressed right. how you're feeling and if you're lu- if they're lucky they can go home and talk to their parents but honestly a lot of the times that's not the case no no so. definitely not a lot of kids don't have that yeah i feel like this just needs to be like something that's brought in from a young age because clearly something has escalated in our generation mm-hmm. and It's only going to get worse when, I mean, I, like, I didn't even grow up with tablets and, and, uh... And it's already starting. And social media and all this shit, you know? And, like, if kids are growing up with that, it's only going to get worse from here when a lot of the problems lie in that. And we're not seeing it yet. Yeah. Like, there needs to be something put in place. I mean, and, like, this, I feel like Bianca's case is just, like, a strong, like example of that yeah like I don't know and her family fought for her which is amazing yeah I hope like we did her justice and I hope that everyone know like knows Bianca's story and how amazing and what a beautiful person she was she's the one that deserves to be talked about right she deserves the recognition and to keep her memory alive not somebody else's who caused everybody so much pain right Okay, so we're not quite done yet. We have a special guest yeah. for you guys. We're really excited and, to, and honored to actually have um, Bianca's mom come on and talk to us today. And we're going to do a quick interview with her and kind of describe her story. Yeah, we kind of noticed that when we've heard other podcasts or um, watched TV shows about true crime or cases like this one that a lot of the time it focuses on the people who did it instead of the people that it's affected or the people who were involved in this right the victims and we especially with this case we were so invested in researching and stuff but we've noticed while researching that there wasn't 
as much as there should be about Bianca out there. Just who she was, her background, what her family thought of her, and we were really upset by that because there was so much about other parts of what had happened that we talked earlier about in the case. And especially in a case like this one where you shouldn't be giving that type of person the, like, gratification of that attention, and then, like, this case should be more about Bianca. And it is about Bianca, and this, what happened to her was part of her story. So we want her mom to tell us more about her story. Yeah, so thankfully she agreed, and keep listening for her interview. Yay, Cam! Okay, so like we mentioned, we have Bianca's mother here, Kim, and we're going to be asking her a few questions about her daughter, Um, and we kind of just wanted to cover Bianca's story, so this is a little bit more about Bianca. So the first question for you, Kim, is how would you describe your daughter, Bianca? Um, Okay, so Bianca Bianca had a lot of, um, I don't know, like different... She was very multifaceted, I guess. She was a very talented artist, um, very, very smart and kind. Mm -hmm. Um, She was just really, really sweet. Um, But at the same time, she struggled a lot with mental illness. She was um, diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Um, Which she, Bianca was always, I mean, all her counselors and psychologists any doctors that she worked with always um you know said how self-aware she was and so Bianca was the type of person where she struggled with this mental illness but she she knew that she needed help and she knew what kind of help she needed Mm -hmm. um so she worked very hard to overcome her struggles that she had um and, you know, she really was on a really good track. So she, but she, like, at the heart of things, like, the true Bianca was just the sweetest girl who loved her family, um, especially her baby sister. Um, and I think that a lot of people, like, see things on the internet and read stuff, and it's just not who she was. Like, Bianca was such a good person. Um, one thing that, like, always stuck out with me about Bianca was, if someone complimented her, she would always return the compliment. She would never just say, oh, thank you. It was always, she'd always find something to compliment the other person on. Um, She always wanted, you know, no matter how dark things got in her own mind, you know, with depression and her anxiety or, you know, just the craziness that borderline causes in your head, she always would help others. Bianca, a lot of times when she struggles, she kind of, like, we would like, okay, Bianca, you need to practice what you preach. Um, Because she always had really, really good advice for others and then never followed her own advice. Wow. Which, I mean, is, like, so typical, but... Yeah. um, Yeah, she was just a really good friend, but then also very, like, no bullshit. She did not take, you know, anyone's... Bullshit, and I, um, probably why she, um, you know, there's a lot of people online that, you know, have bad things to say about her, it's because she was in these, um, you know, these groups and communities online with all these orbiters, and there was, like, a lot of toxic masculinity, and Mm -hmm. she was just not here for that, um, and she would tell them exactly what she thought of them, 
Um, Sounds like my kind of girl. I was just going to say, I feel like we'd both be great friends. (laughs) She was like very, she was very self-aware, very intuitive, and she could read someone um, really well and just off the bat would be like, nope, I'm not taking you, you know, you're lying or, you know, she would just see right through people. And, um, yeah, so she, yeah, she, um, I don't know. I probably could go on for, like, ever talking about her. <laughs> That's we awesome. love that. My father and I just think she was amazing. Oh. But um, she really was just, like, the sweetest kid. Yeah. From what you're talking about, she really sounds like she was a special person. Yeah. Was. Def- definitely really someone think- I would have wanted to be friends with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, yeah, she was, like, my right hand, too. Like, she was just always around, always... Um, she had, like, a, you know, very sarcastic sense of humor. So anytime, like, you know, anytime we were having a hard time or just, like, going through something, you know, she'd always find a way to, like, make a joke, um, you know, or just kind of, like, lighten things up and, like, you know, <laughs> we have to laugh through life. So, um, yeah. The world needs more Biancas. Yeah. 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 That's great. All right, I'll move on to the next question. Uh, go ahead, Bryn, you can say it. What were some of your favorite things about Bianca? Um, uh, again, um, <laughs> I think, okay, so my absolute favorite was just her smile. Like, she just had the sweetest smile that just, like, could brighten my day. Um, and she gave, like, she would always have, like, really good advice, like, beyond her years, good advice. Um like so many times over the past year, you know, Olivia, her sister and I would be like, Oh, you know, like we could, we really need Bianca right now. Like we need her advice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what would Bianca do or what would Bianca tell us? Yeah. Um, she sounds like she was like an old soul. She was a very, yeah. She was like a very old soul. And, um, yeah, she just always was, like, my go-to person, and she was always just with me, like, I, you know, a few months back, I was, like, looking through pictures, and I didn't realize this when she was with us, but, like, she always sat next to me. Aww. In all pictures, like, she was just always next to me, and I just, like, miss her being with me. Yeah. I can't imagine, you know, what you and your family are going through, and, you know, we just wanted to say firsthand that... We are so sorry for your loss of this amazing girl. Yeah. 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 There's really no way to describe it. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine. Um, okay. So I'll move on to the next one here. Is there anything you'd like our listeners to know about your daughter? So the media focuses more on her story. Um, yeah, I would really like people, um, you know, one of the reasons that I like to go on, you know, podcasts like this or, you know, work with media and uh, or do like print stories is I really want to um, replace, you know, a lot of people have seen Bianca and, you know, know about Bianca because her death photos are on the Internet. And I really want to like replace people's images of her because she was this beautiful girl so sweet um you know and there's like a lot of awful things being written about her on the internet that are just not true I mean there's screenshots of things that 
weren't Bianca, were not from her phone. And I really just want to, like, replace and show people, like, who she really was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bianca had her struggles and wasn't always perfect. Um, no one is. And, um, but there's just so much that just wasn't her on the internet. And, um, you know, Bianca would never intentionally hurt someone. Yeah. Um, she wasn't a spiteful person. I mean, even like, you know, um, when, you know, me or my friends would be talking and like get going about something, she would be like, all right, do I have to be the adult here? Stop being petty with me. I did not. Very just no bullshit. She, you know, did not want to be involved in drama. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of drama on like Discord and the, you know, the different servers she was in. And she was just like, oh, I can't deal with the drama today. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she would just, you know, not, not want to deal with it. Um, Cause she just, you know, wanted people to be happy. Hi, Maddie. <laughs> oh, sorry, her little sister just left. Oh, oh, that's okay. <laughs> and her little sister, so her sister is three. Oh. Um, it, it's like her little sister Maddie was her life. Like this was her baby. Bianca's stepmother had the baby for her. Oh. Um, and, you know, she would, like, th- thank you, Kaylee, for having this baby for me. Oh and the first thing she did when she woke up in the morning was look for the baby. And, you know, where's my baby? She called her baby. Oh, you're just describing this. Where's my baby? And oh. that was, she was there when she was born. And, okay. Oh. And, <laughs> loves her and the connection that, you know, Maddie was only two when she, Bianca passed. And, um... You know, she still remembers her because we try to keep Bianca alive with her so much. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. I mean, as as little as our podcast may do, we hope that we are a part in replacing her story to something beautiful on the media because that's really yeah. what we're aiming yeah. to do here. Yeah, that's that's what I you know want to do because because she's portrayed just as someone that she's not a lot of times mm-hmm. and. She, which I'm so sorry that that's also something that you guys have to deal with, like, as her family and friends, because you're already dealing with so much, and then to have to have that on top of it, like, her being portrayed a certain way, that's awful. Yeah, to see screenshots of conversations that weren't Bianca or Brandon. Yeah. Um, You know, and, like, her saying, you know, supposedly it's Bianca saying these awful things, and it's like... No, that wasn't even the two of them, first of all. And there was one that was Bianca, completely taken out of context. And I've gone and explained so many times that, you know, Bianca had this ex-boyfriend and he lived in New York City. And he would show up at our house at like 4.30 in the morning. And, you know, one time he was like, you know, if you don't talk to me, I'm going to come up there and come up there. And she finally, I remember she like was really mean to him and, um, she, her, she came to me and showed me her text message was like, listen, like, I feel so bad, but I had to say, like, horrible, mean things because they wouldn't leave me alone. And yeah. I'm up here in the middle of the night, you know? It was yeah. already, like, I think it was, like, midnight or something. Right. Which, which, I mean, anyone would do in that kind of situation if you want to, like, get someone to just leave you right. alone. That doesn't make her a bad person. Right, no. like, she had tried, like, so many... And, I mean, she was 16. Yeah. And she had tried so many different... Like, to go about it so many ways. And, you know, the week before, he showed up in our driveway at 4.30 in the morning. She oh, was, my God. 
And I'm like, wow, sometimes, you know. And it still didn't work. He still didn't give up after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the sad thing is, is you shouldn't even have to be explaining you this to, to anyone. Yeah. yeah, like, right. no one knows the story like you do and like your family right. and fr- her family and friends do. And, I mean, whether, like, what, however she meant it or not, it's there's private. people twisting, yeah. like, well, twisting things, and that's the issue. Right. Yeah. Well, I know I, um, I was listening to a podcast last year, and there was, like, a, he called, I think he's called himself a Twitter reporter or something, and he said, you know, he was talking about this case and saying, you know, I had one of my screenshots of my conversations ended up on the internet saying it was Bianca Brandon. He said, I had posted a screenshot talking to one of my one of my friends that's an e-girl, and she was just telling me, like, showing me a conversation between her and one of her orbiters to say, like, oh, my God, yes, look how crazy these orbiters can get. Uh-huh. Wow. And then people posted it and said it was between Bianca and Brandon. Oh, my God. That's terrible. And that's, yeah. that's sickening that people do that. Like, right. Awful. That's just awful. Yeah. Can we go to the next one? Okay, so our next question is, would you mind talking a little bit about Bianca's Law and how it came about? Okay, so we have been working with our local congressman, Anthony Brindisi, um, to, we, we tried for, you know, about a year to work with Instagram and Facebook to get, you know, the pictures taken down mm-hmm. um, and to get them to implement the technology necessary so that these photos of Bianca aren't, um, you know, being able to be uploaded in not, you know, we are being tagged in them on Instagram. They're being sent direct message to us. Oh my God. That's so um, sickening. Yeah. I'm so sorry. So, um, Anthony Brindisi has introduced into Congress, um, a bill it's called Bianca's law and it will require all social media platforms with more than $10 million in revenue or more than 100,000 monthly users, users to establish an office dedicated to identifying and removing violent and gory content that violates social media content moderation standards. Mm-hmm. And then um, it will also empower the FTC and state attorney generals to enforce this requirement and to impose penalties. Right. Um. So um, we're hoping, you know, this is kind of a start, and um, we're hoping that these companies, because I know they have, they do, can put the technology in, and the problem with these social media companies is that they, you know, um, make money off of engagement. Yeah. That's how they get advertisers to pay them, and, you know, unfortunately, I don't understand this, because it's not something I would ever want to see, regardless of whether it was my child or not. Right. Um, but a lot of people want to see this type of content and, you know, want to share it. And a lot of people um, got a lot of engagement in followers and likes and shares off of these photos. And that's, um, that's ridiculous. So the social media companies don't really have an incentive to remove them. Um, you know, they have more of an incentive because the more engagement you get, the more ads you can sell. So, you know, Bianca's um, XC account on Instagram, 
you know, had about maybe 2,000 followers. And then, you know, after she passed and the, the photos were going around, she went up to 160,000 followers. Oh, my God. That's a lot of engagement for yeah. Instagram. Wow. Um, so that's a lot of ads they can sell. And unfortunately, but, companies make money off my daughter's photos. It's like, don't these people have morals? At all. Like, like any of these companies. That's yeah. insane. Oh, no, no. They do not have morals. They... Um, and just like empathy like that's just right no they place making money over you know people's lives people's lives and um I mean I can't tell you how traumatizing it is to I haven't I saw the photo I saw the photo quickly um I had gone a year without seeing that picture of my family and friends had taken over my phone every time my phone went off or I got a message people were vigilantly monitoring it and then um I was on my phone it was like within a couple days of the first year anniversary on July 14th and um I was on my phone and I was tagged in a photo so the notification came through and I saw like the thumbnail clip of it Mm -hmm. I mean that's enough I know and I have known what the photo was for a long time and I just it's you should have never it, had to see that in the first I should place. have never had to see it yeah. I should have never had to worry about it for the past you know year almost a year and a half it's it's not something that should have ever happened yeah and um, you shouldn't have to have someone like monitor your phone like that right there is showing that there's something wrong with the social right. yeah and like I I feel like the people there should be some kind of, like, penalty or fine or something for people who engage in that type of thing. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, still to this day, I cannot open messages from people I don't know. I have to have someone else open it. And if I open a message from someone I don't know, my friends and family, whoever's around me, gets really mad at me. Wow. Um, I'm surprised you opened my... My messenger. Oh, no, someone else opened it. I don't open very often. I do not open um, messages from people I don't know. Like the message requests, um, my friends usually will go through them every so often. That's so awful. It's horrible. Yeah. Because, you know, these people will start out with like, hi, um, you know, start out with like a nice message so that what comes through in the notification looks innocent. And then, you know, down below, there's the picture. What is wrong with people? Yeah. What kind of animal does that? Like, I don't They understand. do it to my, to my 16-year-old daughter as oh well. Oh, my I mean, God. That is this, horrible. You know, my daughter and Bianca were so, so, so close. That was her best friend. You know, she lost not only her sister, but her best friend, who she did everything with. I mean, they finished each other's sentences. And Can so to not only have to deal with that loss... She has to have, you know, she had to delete her social media for a while. And she has to be so careful because people are disgusting and they're just vile, have no feelings at all, no morals, and will tag a 16-year-old in that. That's disgusting. Yeah, this type of stuff definitely needs to change. And hopefully Bianca's law is, like, the start of getting that ball rolling. Yeah. And Bianca's stepfather got the worst of it. I mean, he get the picture with the most disgusting, vile comments. Oh, my God. Um, 
I can't even imagine. Uh, what it's, about... You know, they would they would say things like, "I'm gonna dig up your daughter's grave and fuck her." And, oh my I mean, god! Yeah, all the time. These uh, like that right there. These people, there should be some kind of like there has to legal, be a penalty. Yeah, there has to be some kind of fu- like jail time or fine or something to get this kind yeah. of point across. You know that, that this is sick. Right. Like or and, well, part of the problem too is that. They're not all in the U.S., so there's not really much you can do. Right. Oh, my God. I didn't Uh, even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's international as well. So, you know, it's it's hard. And I don't know why, but he was was severely targeted. Her stepfather was severely targeted. Um, Oh, my God. That's so awful. I can't imagine, like, going through any of what. Yeah, (laughs) any of what your family is going through and... You're so strong for even, like, talking about this. You are. We really yeah, well, I mean, it's just, I think, I, you know, people say I'm strong, and I, I don't ever feel strong. I just, I think I, but I do, I get my strength from Bianca. I think mm-hmm. that she wants me to advocate for her, and mm-hmm. this doesn't happen to other families. Um, yeah. Because it, it, it's just awful. It's traumatizing enough to lose a child. And then, you know, I lost my child in such a violent way. Mm-hmm. And then to have that just thrown in your face constantly. It's it's, it's, it's awful. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay, so let me, I'll move on to the next one here. Um, can you tell everyone a little bit about Bianca's scholarship and how to donate to it? Sure. So, Bianca, we established Bianca's scholarship um, with the uh, Community Foundation of Herkimer and Oneida County, um, and we will give out a scholarship to um, a college student who is pursuing a degree in psychology um, or mental health or a similar field with the intent to um, become a counselor who's going to work with adolescents like Bianca. Um, Bianca wanted to be a psychologist because as she was struggling with her own mental health, she found that there was such a great need for clinicians um, that specifically work with adolescents. And especially in our area, it was really hard to find well-trained clinicians that understand and are able to treat borderline personality disorder, which is a, it's a really hard disorder to treat. Um, it's it used to be, you know, like probably the worst diagnosis, men- mental health wise, that you could get. Um, it's come, a, you know, psychology has come a long way, and there's really good treatments for it. Bianca benefited greatly from DBT, which is dialectical behavior therapy. That's awesome. And, yeah, and she had a really great DBT group, um, which ended at one point and um actually bianca really once she lost her dbt group um because the clinician moved she um actually had a really bad bout of um just depression and her highs and lows that go along with the borderline personality disorder mm-hmm. um and she knew how important that was so we established the scholarship um, so that, you know, Bianca is no longer here with us to go on to become a psychologist and help others. So we just want to be able to do what we can to help people like Bianca that wanted to go on and help, um, adolescents with mental health. 
Wow, that's, that's absolutely amazing. That's seriously amazing. Yeah. That something this great has come from that. Wow. That's and I awesome. feel like this is doing Bianca such justice. Like, she's probably so happy. Right. Yeah. Knowing that this is being done. Yes. Um, you know, we, as Bianca's family, um, especially me as her mother, we really, you know, try to do what we can every day to keep her memory alive and Mm -hmm. to honor her. And I think that this is something really important um, because the work that she wanted to do was so important. Yeah. And um, so we just want to continue that. Right. And you just recently gave the first scholarship away, correct? We did. We gave away the first scholarship um, this year to um, our local college here is Utica College. Uh And... Um, actually, I graduated from Utica College. Um, oh. My sister graduated from Utica College. And so I knew they had a really good psychology program, mm-hmm. which my sister graduated from. Um, and so we chose Utica College to start out the scholarship with. And this year's recipient um, was Tiana Guzman. And she's currently a senior in the Psychology Child Life Program. Oh, wow. And yeah, and she um, plans to get her master's in art therapy. Oh, which that's I so thought cool. Was just, <laughs> yes, I thought that was just perfect because Bianca was an artist. Yeah. Bianca benefited a lot from art therapy. Oh, that's great. And, um, you know, art was an escape for her. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, amazing. so we thought that was the perfect choice. That's awesome. Is there anything... You else you want to add or emphasize about Bianca that you feel you'd like to talk about? Um, I guess I just want to emphasize like the real person that she was. Um, you know, she. I think a lot of times people just think of Bianca as a story or as a picture, and you know, she was a real person. We're a real family trying to deal with this tragedy. Um. You know, I don't know that we'll ever heal from this. It's not something you heal from, losing no. your daughter. Right. Um, and we just, you know, we miss her every day. Right. Um, and I just really hope, Bianca always found the silver linings and things whenever she was going through something. She'd always say, well, you know, what's the silver lining? And I think the silver lining for us is being able to... Um, you know, provide scholarships for people um, that are want to work in the mental health field. And I think just, um, you know, doing some advocacy in Bianca's name and just keeping her memory alive, doing what, you know, she would want us to do. Yeah, um, yeah that's all you can do. And hopefully, yeah, like you said, we can be a part of that in the smallest way, keeping her yeah, memory alive. Yeah, she was just, she was a beautiful person, and, um, you know, I just, I want everybody to see that, that she's not, she's more than just a picture online, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, more than in this online persona that people want to portray. Um, she was my daughter. She's Maddie and Olivia's sister. You know, she, she's really, really sweet and beautiful person. Mm-hmm. It just, it really seems like it. And, you know, we're trying to emphasize that as much as we can here. So we really appreciate you taking the time out today yeah. and talking with us because it was a huge help to us, too, to understand yeah. her more. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, um, 
Bianca's kind personality kind of, you know, came back to bite her because she found people on the internet that she was too nice to, and then, you know, they turn out to be pedophiles, and she doesn't take crap from anybody, and does not like pedophiles, so she, um, you know, they would kind of go after, have gone after her and tried to paint her as someone she's not, and unfortunately, she was too nice to her murderer, Um, and, you know, when she didn't want a relationship, he couldn't take it, so... Yeah. Well, we're also, just so you're aware, um, on our pon- on our podcast, we are going to emphasize the, uh, the mental health advocacy side of it, and also the toxic masculinity that mm-hmm. needs to come to an end. Right. right. Yeah. That's, that's something I've spoken a lot about with um, the ADA who's prosecuting the case, Sarah DeMillier, is like... You know, this is less of, like, a traditional domestic violence case, and it's more of toxic masculinity. Right. And, you know, Bianca was, you know, this beautiful, bright girl with this bright future ahead of her. She had just um, graduated high school. She was, you know, on her way to college. And she specifically chose to go to community college because she wanted to stay home, and she wasn't ready to move away from her family yet. Yeah. So she specifically chose, you know, I'm just going to go to community college and, um, you know, stay close to the family, and then in two years, I'll transfer. And But she had this really bright future ahead of her, and he, you know, was a college dropout that didn't really have much going for him, mm-hmm. and she rejected him. Right. And, you know. And nobody deserves what happened. He I mean, that's... It. Yeah, and it was just clearly a case of if I can't have you, no one can. Right. right. The entitlement. It is, yes. Uh-huh. And the toxic masculinity on, you know, the internet communities is just insane. And it just needs, it's it's mind-blowing and it just, it needs to stop. Yeah. Yeah, we talk a lot about that towards the end of this episode. But... Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to also make sure to include the link to donate to her scholarship fund because we know that's, that's the only fund that your family is in support of, correct? Um, yes. Right now, there is no other fund out there that's, um, for our family. Right. Okay. Okay, So we're going to make sure to include that just so our listeners know. And if there's anything else that you want us to do to help in any way, please, like, reach out and continue to let us know because we would love to have you on again if you need to talk about anything yeah. else. Or... So with with Bianca's law, um, Congressman Dizzy is trying to get co-sponsors in the Congress. So everyone can call their local – I'm sorry. Everyone can call their local congressmen okay. and local senators. Um and, you know, tell them that we need to have Bianca's Law passed. Social media needs to be held accountable for the content that's allowed on their platforms. We're okay. calling tomorrow. Amazing. <laughs> <Yes>. Listeners, <laughs> call your local congressmen. Yes. Um, this you know, is really we important. We need support for this bill so that, it, you know, it's been introduced. It needs to pass the House. It needs to pass the Senate. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really important because there's no other incentive that these companies have. They actually have more incentive to keep pictures like this up. Because it drives up engagement. Oh, God. That is sick. And no one should ever, no company should ever make money off of photos of someone's 
no. deceased loved one. No, no. In There's no excuse for that. No. no. All right. Well, anything else you want to add, Kim? Um, no, I think we covered a lot. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and for, like, Thank you. being, like, willing enough to talk to us and right. tell Bianca's story. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. We'll talk to you right, soon. You. Have a good night. Okay. Bye. 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 regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook